Hi there, and welcome to the Future of Influence podcast. Here we discuss the power of influence, leadership, overcoming challenges, and more. They call me King Raj Singh, creator of the Future of Influence podcast. Stay on after the show, and we'll share how you can be the next guest on one of the fastest-growing podcasts in our industry. With that, here we go. Welcome to the Future of Influence. I'm your host, Sandy Fowler, and today I am chatting with Joe Sinkwitz. Joe is co-founder and CEO at IntelliFluence and can be found online at IntelliFluence.com. Joe, welcome to the podcast. Great to be here, Sandy, since we've been both up at 4 a.m. Yeah, <laughs> in our respective time zones, right? So yeah, that makes for a great day, though. I, I love that. There's, for me, a lot of energy around that. Is this something that you've always done since you've become an entrepreneur, is do the way, early mornings? Way before that, actually. Uh, so I was a competitive swimmer back in high school. So I had to get used to waking up super early to the point where I haven't used an alarm clock in decades. It just I'm up, I'm up, and I just get going because it's, you know, I don't like to waste the time. I hear that. I know a lot of kids who are swimmers, not me. <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> going to be doing that. And my daughter decided not to do the high school team because of that, right? So you have been growing in Telefluence for how long now? So this, uh, we're just about in year five next month. Okay. So tell us a little bit about what it is that you're doing there and how you got started with it. Sure. So the, the long-term goal of IntelliFluence is to try to democratize influence. And that's, a, that's one of those Microsoft a computer on every desk sort of situations. That's a very long view. What we're currently at is we're the largest of the warm contact networks. So we're trying to set up a situation where any brand can essentially hire any influencer knowing full well that that influencer wants to do work. How we got there was somewhat accidental. My background was in organic search and technology, but I was hired to be a CMO for a consumer product company out of Hollywood. So I was commuting back and forth to Hollywood. They created a cell phone that you could vape. And it was an interesting product that had a really like uh, crack team of talent, but it was a weird situation. I couldn't use AdWords, couldn't use Facebook ads. The only thing I could really do was get the product into the hands of people that might use it. And so I started like figuring out, oh, I get it now. This, this is what they're talking about. This is the Kim Kardashian stuff, right? So from that, I recognized that there was a bunch of agencies out there that, you know, had big rates that they wanted to charge and giant minimums. And I recognized there wasn't too many people that were focusing on very small influencers and very small brands. I figured with our software background and we had had previous success running agencies, let's just go ahead and build some. So we built uh, a V1 of what we thought the market wanted, and it completely flailed. Uh, you know, we, we set up a, a situation where it had basic campaign management. It didn't have any influencers because what we thought was that brands would just want to pull people in on their own. And they, they wanted to do as little work as possible. So we recognized our situation and said, okay, we, we have a chicken and egg problem. We need to get influencers. We need to get brands. Brands don't want to come in if there's not influencers and influencers don't want to come in unless there's brands. So we had to start making promises and just keep delivering the promise one brick at a time until we built, you know, the house that it is today. So it, it took five years to become what we were, but it's been a, a daily grind for sure. So that I love that you share that you know, version one was a failure and yet you just kept moving forward, trying different things. What do you think was the 
most useful lesson you learned from that experience? Well, so I think the most useful lesson uh, that could be taken away from that probably is just the value of feedback. Because we were allowing ourselves to let our egos move aside, you know, we, we put this in front of a lot of friends in the industry. We put it in front of a lot of other, you know, digital agencies and said, would you use this? Would you pay for this? And when the answers coming back were all no, we recognized that we ourselves had to change something about the situation. There, there, was, there was no other way around it. It was either just to let it die in the vine and go do some another project or take a look and say, is the influencer industry going to be big? And we continue to believe it's going to be gigantic. So we said, okay, we, we have to figure out how we're going to address this situation. So we just had to keep plugging. It sounds like you've taken a little different view, though, of working with influencers. So tell us a little bit more about this idea of democratizing influence. Absolutely. So I, I like the bucket influencers in, in, into three categories. I like to view it in terms of like there's the celebrity, the aspirational influencers people sort of look up to. There's the topical experts, which is really what the, the Up My Influence network is all about, right? It's so it's like the authors, the people that are, are building their influence to be authoritative. And then there's a giant swath of individuals where they, they're, they're peers, you know, your, your family, your friends, your neighbors, the, the dog next door, it, you all are influencing each other, but there's not really a good mechanism out there to say, I'm looking for these types of individuals and then be able to connect easily with those types of individuals. Some giant network may come in and solve that problem at some point. It'll probably be someone like a Facebook. But until then, we're just trying to build a network large enough to make it possible for a very small brand that's just getting started to connect with a person that may only have five followers, but they're an exact fit as a, as a consumer, uh, a potential consumer of that product. So their view will matter quite a bit more to that closed circle that they have. So that's really what I mean by democratizing it. I, I don't think that the influencer network should only be focused on the huge influencers. I think it's great. There's always going to be a market for it. I just feel like there's so much untapped potential for people just getting started and who don't really even understand their own influence yet, that um, it's just a problem that needed to be solved. So that was an interesting statement. You said, you said people don't understand their own influence. Tell us more about that. Well, I mean, it, I, the way I like to view it is I, I look at my mom. So my mom is not computer savvy, uh, even though she married a programmer back in the 60s. Uh, it's it's a situation where she does wield some influence over her family based on her background in medicine. She was a nurse. Does she consider herself an influencer? No. But if she says, hey, the remedy for the problem that you have, maybe it's an upper respiratory situation going on, do these five following things and you'll probably be fine in five to seven days, she's imparting influence. Now, I think that just a lot of human beings innately don't understand you know, the, the weight that their own word carries to their own internal social circle. That's really it is. It's just unlocking that and allowing it to be accessed by, a, you know, not an API because it doesn't exist yet, but that's, that's where I think it should be going, where we have some sort of social chain of saying, here's everything that I'm actually an expert at. Here's all my experience and somehow being able to tap into it. So who do you consider to be your ideal client? Well, I mean, so we have over 18,000 brands. And because of that, it's all over the map. 
we have everyone from very, very small brands that are just getting started and they're selling a product on Amazon to Fortune 50. So I really think the ideal client is someone that wants to connect with an influencer that actually wants to talk to brands. Because of that, we have a lot of different use cases and we're, we're network agnostic. So, so long as we're able to access a public profile, we're able to handle everything from Amazon to YouTube. So what are your top strategies when you work with your clients for helping them? Because they're trying to grow a business, right? Your brands are coming in. They want to grow a business. What are your top strategies for helping them do that as you're connecting them with influencers? Sure. So uh, I, I see a lot of different failure points. My, my favorite thing to do is to start with the end goal. What are you actually trying to do? And then from there, work inverse. It's like the, the, the famous algebraic Jacobi, invert, always invert. So starting with the end goal, understanding, are you really just looking for the endpoint sales? Is your is the KPI that you're measured on more of a general traffic? Is it going to be, you know, how many followers you have? Whatever it might be. From there, backing into, okay, now that we understand the goal, um, who's, who's going to be able to help you meet that goal? What network do they live on? Where is your user demographics situated? Uh, are you trying to push a visual product? Are you trying to push something that, that requires a lot of explanation? And that helps to decide, hey, you're going to be focusing on uh, a YouTube or you're going to be focusing on Instagram, whatever it might be. So by, by focusing it reverse in, uh, that, that trick ends up being the goal informs the network selection, which informs the influencer type, which informs the influencer themselves, the categories, whatever fit they might have. And then it gets to the pitch. Um, that, that next big thing is the pitch, you have to nail it. You have to be very concrete you have to be very concise. Give away the value proposition up front. What are you going to give the influencer? And then what is your expectation of the influencer? Don't, don't leave a lot open to ambiguity. If you do, you're going to be disappointed. So I, I, that's one of the failure points we've had to learn over the last couple of years is if, if a brand comes in and they're offering great money and they want reviews, but they're just not really sure of what kind of reviews, they don't really give guidance on what worked in the past, what didn't work, brand books, that sort of thing, then if things may go in a direction that they're not comfortable with. So uh, I think, you know, working in, invertly and then uh, really nailing the pitch and making sure that you're giving away great value and asking for very specific, uh, you know, actions to return, you'll have success regardless of which network you're on. So what have you seen happen with your own influence as you've grown in Telefluence? So it's a good question. Uh, I was I was already considered a high level expert in SEO, but when I decided to go into influencer, no, no one really knew who I was, and I recognized the only way to really get out there would be to start writing a lot. So I, I started writing a book, and I published the book, uh, the Ultimate Guide to Using Influencer Marketing, as a mechanism for establishing myself in this new industry. When that existed, I knew that I needed to go and start doing you know, the roadshows, get on more podcasts, go speak at events more. Uh, the, the, I would say like the typical thing that most experts have to do to, to stay top of mind for people that might be looking for, uh, for individuals like themselves. Uh, once that was already done, then it was just a matter of continuing to pull her uh, gasoline on the fire because it never ends. No, no, marketing never ends, right? So your influence has grown in this arena. What are you doing with that influence? Really, I'm just trying to help as many brands and influencers as possible. Since I view I view us as chasing Metcalf's law, which is the 
the value of a network is the sum of its, uh, I'm sorry, the square of its users. The more people that we're onboarding, whether they're an influencer, regardless of size, or a brand, the more powerful this entire thing is getting to the point where it could start you know, growing self-referentially. That's, that's what we're really trying to do with the influence. This is sort of pointing them into the right network. And you know, a lot of people come to us and they're not fits. And when they're not, I try to give them a good landing saying, hey, you know, what you need actually might be Upfluence or what you might need is Maverick, whatever the solution might be. Uh, when influencers come into me, I tell them, join every possible network that will allow you because everyone's going to have a slightly different way of viewing what is a good connection. And from there, you're just going to maximize your number of opportunities. So just try to get out there as, in front of as many people as possible and inform them that this is a path, regardless of how big they are. Have you seen impact uh, as your influence has grown? Have you seen impact outside of IntelliFluence? Well, certainly. I mean, I I think some of the interesting things that happen is I get hit up a lot more uh, for investment opportunities that uh, I I do not want. Uh, So I'll definitely see where the larger the footprint that you create, the more you're just going to be out there in the open for, for generalized pitches. But it, it's helpful though, because it helps you to understand this is how your outreach might be perceived unless you're targeted. So it's really important to you know rein in your targeting. So it, it's kind of a constant feedback loop where I say, okay, if I'm getting this and I don't like it, I can't do this. I need to make sure that we are very focused in, in our own approach. So the unpleasant aspects of your own influence growing have actually shaped the way you're working inside your business is what I'm trying to. Yeah. (laughs) So what are your goals for growing your own influence moving forward? Really? It's, it's just continuing the same, the same tactics that we've already been employing. Uh, I'm working on a second book. Now I'm trying to, to show how every single medium that you could possibly think of, it can be, uh, you know, applied to influencer marketing. So you can think about using influencers on radio. You could think about using influencers in a skywriting situation. As wild as that might seem, uh, I keep finding ways to inject influence into medium. So I'm writing a big series on that, going to turn it into another book. Uh, from there, it'll it'll launch another roadshow series, more, more speaking events. It just keep that going. So for a brand who has never considered using an influencer before, what advice do you have for them? Really, you're just going to have to test things out. I think data will trump anything any CEO doing sales can tell you. Uh, you're, you're just going to have to get data in order to determine what, you know, whether it's a fit for the business. Uh, but whether you're B2C or you're B2B, there's always a mechanism that could be employed using influencers. They could be top of funnel. They could be near the bottom. They're helping you close. You could use influencers as a mechanism for referrals only. It, they're like a Swiss army knife concept of marketing. And so I, I really hope that brands can view that beyond the Instagram you know, only centric view of the world that sometimes brands might take with influencer marketing. Thinking like, well, we don't, we don't sell you know, cosmetics. That's cool. There's a lot of different ways that you could use influence uh, external to Instagram. What would be the most interesting or different influence influencer use scenario that you've seen so far? Mm, the most interesting influencer use scenario, I'd say 
it was it was like a okay so cybersecurity it was a penetration testing tool that was trying to determine whether or not a website was vulnerable you think how are we going to do this so we had to do a lot of filtering until we came up with a few uh, uh, cybersecurity experts on YouTube and so we had them do really 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 deep review but the the client wanted SEO they they wanted links so we got these deep uh, formatted videos and because we didn't have a whole lot of cybersecurity expert bloggers, we had people that were tech enthusiast bloggers. So we had them do reaction videos and reaction blog posts, embedding that original YouTube video as a mechanism to drive further views back into YouTube, as a mechanism to drive links via SEO. And then we just uh, took that and started having it amplified on Twitter to drive traffic back to those other two sources. So it ended up becoming a, a campaign based on a couple different points in the overall chain of social influence. Okay, so I think, Joe, you have definitely given us a lot to think about today. Where can we find you online if we want to have more conversation? Certainly. So uh, obviously you can go to intellifluence.com and you can uh, book a demo if you would like. But also you could look me up, Joe Sinkwitz. Um, I'm all over the web. You could find me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active there. Uh, also on Twitter at Cygnus SEO. Um, happy to connect with people. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to share with us your story and to give us some different ideas about influence today, Joe. Happy to do it, Sandy. Thanks for listening to the Future of Influence podcast. If you're interested in sharing your story by being a guest on our show, please visit https colon slash slash kingrajsingh.com slash podcast slash apply to apply. And if you liked what you heard, please also visit and follow us on all social media. Please subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Once again, they call me King Raj Singh, and thanks again for listening to the Future of Influence podcast. Tune in next time. Thank you.